FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 413 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and I have half an Excalibro, which, what? <laughs> That's not really right. I guess you're, you're one Lucky of two you, Excaliburos. It was my bottom half. <laughs> I mean, I think the sentiment would probably still be the same, but it might be a, a <laughs> conversation. Yes, well, the, the lovely voice you hear there is Georgie. Hey, Georgie. Hey, what's up? Not much, and, um... Of course, I think first off the bat, we want to wish our our normal cohort, Dan, a happy birthday. Uh, so happy yep. birthday, Dan. Birthday. Hope, you're, uh, hope you're doing coke or whatever they do now. That <laughs> 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 was just legalized, right, in, in Oregon. <laughs> so I'm sure Dan hopped on a plane and... <laughs> uh, just kidding. I uh, hope you're enjoying your, your, your celebration with lots of illegal drugs. Right. <laughs> Quasi-legal. Quasi-legal now. Um, yeah. But no, seriously, though, I hope Dan is having a, a wonderful birthday. Um, oh. Looks like him and Ian are, are having quite a bit of fun, so hopefully that will uh, continue. I know it's a, it's a weird time to have a birthday. I think everyone's birthday this year has been just kind of, uh, what do we But But nonetheless, we love you, Dan, and can't wait to talk to you again soon. That said, we have some more S words to get through. Um, we're we're gonna really just kind of rip into like the the first part of the second half of this event. Um, real quick, uh, just kind of some housekeeping. Was just on an episode of Homo Superior as part of the Crossing Swords uh, crossover, Ooh, um, and that was a lot. Talk about oh, we talked about a couple of these books, but not all of them. Um, so. So some stuff I will probably be like, "Hey, Georgie, take it away," because <laughs> I'm like, "All right," <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, and we uh, talked about just kind of the last week of books um, a little bit, and definitely had a lot of fun with that. So go check that out um, on the Homo Superior podcast. That's cool. Yeah, and y'all have what's he at Scalbros? Y'all got something coming out soon, or y'all? I'm, I'm hoping we're going to record again next week and have some awesome. some out next uh, next batch of issues. There's okay. no there's no event we're like catching up wow. on, so we're not well, future to you know. Well, although there is although, a little event <laughs> that um, uh, Escalabros and and podcast that goes snicked here and the Cable Guide podcast will be covering the '90s event Executioner song. So. Which I remember very little of, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I remember it fondly, but you just never know. <laughs> with, with, with with 90s stuff, was it just because I was 14, or was it because it's actually good? I don't know. We'll see. Right. Um, I think everyone remembers the cross timekeeper as being amazing, but as Dan and I just <laughs> realized, half of it is a lot of garbage. So there's there's a couple of bright spots, but yeah, it's uh, some rough some rough going. Um, yeah. Childhood memories can really pull the wool <laughs> over your eyes. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, so we're going to start off with a S-word stasis. 
is chapter 11 of 22. And we're going to go all the way through chapter 16. So that's uh, quite a, well, quite a bit of ground to cover. We'll see how much happens. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Pacing in this event is crazy. It's a little, yeah, a little whiplashy in times. Um, mm. But yeah, so Georgie, why don't you start off with of uh, S words stasis? Oh, stasis is an S words. That's that's perfect. Yeah, X of S words stasis. <laughs> I uh, thought you were to say that's excellent, and I was gonna. <laughs> you went, <"No." laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was like, oh yeah, it is. That's nice. In my head, that's what I was thinking, but my mouth doesn't always pay attention. Um, <laughs> we have writer Jonathan Hickman and Teeny Howard, artists Pepe Larraz and Mahmoud Azrar. Uh, we have colors by Marte Gracia, letter of VCs Clayton Cowles, and designed by Tom Muller. Um, and on the cover, we've got um, all of the quote-unquote bad mutants uh, posing in a very sort of standard uh, here-are-your-enemies lineup. Uh, I mean... I, I think it's 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 fair to say that the art is probably the standout portion of this issue. Yes. And I, I think this is I mean everyone all the characters look great on this cover, but it is very just standard. Here they are. It is, it is. But um before we get too much in because this this issue is, is kind of the here's these guys. So before we get into like their character, while we have the cover, what what do you think of just like the basic visual design of the characters? Um, it's kind of I separate like, from their entity. <laughs> sure, I, I like. Is it Ishka? I, I really like her design. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and I think uh, whoever uh, Doug marries has sort of an interesting thing going on. Right. Summoner, I think, de- really depends on who's drawing him. I, I, in X Men, I thought he looked really great in a, sort of a rougher style, but here he's kind of so-so. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the 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 Horseman, I get being. The Egyptian theme, but I'm just sort of bored with it, to be honest. Okay, that's fair. Um, I do love the giant sword uh, that uh, the white, sort of the white or whatever. It gives me sort of um, Final Fantasy vibes. But right. um, yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really blown away by by any of these. That is, is there any standouts? Are there any standouts for you? Um, I I like kind of the jackal head of death and the way it weaves in. I think Iska. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. Um, I think she looks really good. I think she'll look better in a couple of issues uh, mm-hmm. with a certain artist really bringing her to life. Um, but yeah, and you know, you got a giant lizard guy. What, what else do you want? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think the designs are fine. I think they're nice and bad guy looking. So. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there's a lot of pages here, so excuse me if I don't go into like super detail on everything that happens. Sure. But yeah. um, Saturn basically sends an emissary to all the different realms to gather them for like a, a council hearing in which we're shown like different parties speaking and sort of uh, arguing and I, I guess a sense of world building on what's going on. Saturnine gets upset and uh, then we see that the different uh, rather the the Krakoa mutants gather around their summoning circle. Apocalypse says some words, and they are summoned to uh, the realm. And then we spend uh, the next, I don't know, third of the issue going through the other fighters for the other side. So, you know, someone 
summoner and, and, and his team make a their summoning circle and they prepare and then their leader's like, I don't care what you, what your thoughts are, just just give me my swords. So they go to get the swords. Um and we see giant lizard dude, Pogger Pog, and he says stuff and he agrees. Uh then we run into Bay, who has just slaughtered Cthulhu and agrees to <laughs> fight. Then they get the white sword, and it's like two pages each, you know. Uh, they go to Iska, and Iska's like, yeah, of course I'll fight. Um, and then uh, Death grabs a blade, and then they're all summoned. Uh, and then we get um, a graphic page of what the swords are. I don't know, these graphic pages, It's it feels like they're, they're doing so much of the world building in these graphic pages, and it's there's not a whole lot of information on there, but just the fact that the book is relying on that to do kind of the storytelling makes them feel really heavy for me. And okay. I don't want, I don't want to read them uh, <laughs> because like, no, show me what you're doing. Don't just like, yeah, I, it didn't bother as much on this one. I totally agree with you on all the pages about like all the different other world realms. I was like, I, oh, it felt so much like homework. Um, yep. I, I, I kind of like the sword one. There's not a whole lot of information. You get to look at the different designs. But, um, yeah, there there are other pages, maybe in this book, maybe in others, that are just like wall of text. Right. Anyway, um, our mutants are summoned. Uh, they bicker a little bit. Seventeen shows up. And uh, she's like, hey, go to your rooms. Uh, and we'll have to <laughs> tomorrow. Um, and then everyone looks at their cards. Uh, some people are upset. Some people are, are nervous. Uh, not really sure what's going on. Apocalypse gets upset and confronts Saturnine, who reveals uh, she sort of like treats him as a little child uh, and reveals that uh, the foe that he will be facing is Shocker, his long lost wife, uh, like we didn't all uh, think would happen. And then we get a uh, please read page of wall of text at the end. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know I just really blew through this book. <laughs> um, there's not a whole lot of like stuff that happens, and it that that would be fine if I don't know there were character moments, but it was just like here's a character on two pages. There's this character, and at the end of introducing all those characters, I don't really have a sense of who's who or why I should care about any of them. Um, and and the surprise here at the end was like the least surprising twist we've had in a while. I just this, this book felt like a lot of setting the table um, for an event that's been setting the table for 10 previous issues. <laughs> so I don't know. I just story-wise, I was like, ah, all right, fine. I guess we're ready to go. The artwork was, was spectacular. Yes. Um, I've got no complaints that way. I think um, a lot of the color work is very vibrant. And um, I, I don't feel like the dialogue was, was you know, out of character in, in here uh, either. It just felt yeah. like... Why are we spinning our wheels here? Right. So, um, I think I enjoyed it maybe a hair more than you, but not all. I didn't love it. Uh, some of the things that I thought were interesting and maybe one want to point out. Um, I I think my favorite part was actually kind of the beginning and the Council of Otherworld and Saturnine. Um, I think if you're going to have a good bad guy, right? I think the fact that uh, the two horsemen... Uh, they didn't take over a world; they like replaced it, which I thought was that was like an interesting take. Kind of like mm-hmm. you're, gonna, you're gonna hear us, and we're not representing this place. That place is gone. We're representing us. <laughs> um, right. 
And then you have the. I'm interested to see what what they do. I'm I'm assuming they'll probably maybe be in the next issue of Hellions, but this uh, the sheriff team, which looked like out of a page of Saga, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with like the bear, it really it really nails the fate of this book or the enjoyment of the book into what do you think of the bad guys and and do you think they are interesting compelling whatever because the rest of the book really is just here's the bad guys right here's a here's a peek inside some of their stories not a lot um the panel of the of them gathering and our x-men like on the other side of the pool mm-hmm. was a fantastic panel sure um and, I, and some of the parallels i also liked um you know, for example, Polaris made like the summoning circle for the X Men out of rock slides remains, mm-hmm. and the Arico guys kind of did the same thing, but instead of like one person's remains, it's just like a bunch of remains. So, there's, but there's still that idea of like the the ring being built on like death, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, sacrifice, yeah, yeah, right. And then we get kind of a clue to where the story is or isn't going to go when we're told the swords are just a key. Uh, which we'll we'll get more into that in the next couple of issues. Um, I like so the other part I kind of liked was uh, when we meet the um, oh shoot Red Root, and she has like basically the Arico version of Krakoa, like the big tree, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's really worried, or the tree it they are really worried that this whole game's gonna mess up, like a good reunification and like the single tier and red roots like kind of being dug right like the bonding to the tree i thought was interesting um and then after that and really i mean it really does it just depends on either you thought these bad guys are interesting or you thought they weren't and really that's going to determine how you feel about the book um so i think just based on what i've seen on twitter (laughs) um you don't really feel like you've got a lot of depth to these guys, and I can't really disagree. Um, I, don't, I don't really know what the alternative is. I, I think this event was set in a way. I don't know, like, short of having made the first ten chapters about these guys, I, I don't I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. That doesn't excuse it, but I, I feel like I'm not sure... I don't really know how we could have gotten to know these characters, and I don't. I don't think this issue really does it. But I don't really know how. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But. Well, no, I, I get you. There's just too many. There's so much like table setting that needs to happen before the event can begin. Because you've got to gather like the, you can't have all these things happening at once. Where you have to gather swords that we don't know anything about, and right. introduce ten characters that we'll need to like feel some sort of connection to when there's actual engagements going on. And to do that all in a limited number of, of, of issues, it's like, uh, it's just too much to fit in. And I think either you need to start introducing these characters before the event, uh, and we see sort of a, a buildup of both sides, or, or maybe like, if we'll get into this later, but the swords seem a lot un, uh, of sort of a, an unnecessary evil. So maybe <laughs> we could have, couldn't have, you know, 10 issues of getting swords would have been better spent, 10 issues looking to the characters on both sides, you know? Right. And it, and it could have been done in a Claremontian way, right? Maybe just a few pages. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, here's three pages of Pog or Pog and his life before this tournament. Or, 
you know, bay or red. I don't know. Like, I think, I think, I guess where I fall is these characters could have potential. And maybe some of them will do some cool stuff as the story goes on. But we're just kind of like, wham, bam, here they are. And it's like, okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, it's... Yeah. So yeah. So, what do you think of like the uh, the second round of of tarot cards and they get to their room? Did that, um, did that do anything for you? I wasn't. It, it's. I, I think those work well if you're already invested in the event. Where I have had trouble buying in on this event numerous occasions. So like seeing more like quote unquote mystery uh, pop up, it just isn't. It, it's not pulling me at all. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, um, I, I thought the idea of it being like a greeting card in the room was kind of interesting, but yeah, again, like yeah. it's like all of these things. I just show. I, I'd rather just see the scenes play out than try to pick. I don't know. I think I think where this falls a little flat for me, and we talked about this in a previous episode, mm-hmm. is we also get the riddles right for the bad guys, just like we right. did for our X Men earlier, and. I think there's a pretense of mystery without giving me a reason to really try to care about solving it. And and I think that's where it kind of misses the mark for me a little bit. Yeah, it feels a lot like mystery because mysteries are cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would like if if we stuck to like a single round maybe of tarot cards uh, that were given to them, you know, both sides early on. And maybe you have... uh, that's what the mystery is. And so the characters are struggling with, is this my fate? What does this mean? And as it builds towards the fighting, like that would be really compelling. But the night before, here's a random thing because, Hey, mysteries. I don't, I, I, I do like, as, as you mentioned, the, the idea that they're greeting cards is, is kind of hilarious in a very like twisted evil way. Right. But uh, I don't know. I just, just wasn't grabbed by it. And, and this yeah. feels a lot like, we mentioned cross time caper earlier. This whole event feels a lot like weirdness of Excalibur because Excalibur is weird and cross time caper is weird and weird <laughs> stuff happens and that's what's cool. And I, 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 there's no substance to any of this right now. I'm just waiting for it to, to mean anything. Right. So I think my uh, something I just noticed, I don't think I noticed the first three times I read this, I'm looking at it right now. So that's not just like a different ring. Like Wolverine cut his pillow in half. <laughs> like is that all pillow stuffing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that the second time I was going through. I was like, oh yeah, he had a little tantrum. Yeah. All right. Very Wolverine-ish. Um, yeah, I think I think the other part that maybe gives me a little more interest is we definitely start to see kind of kind of the glimpses of this tournament being a little bit of a ruse, I feel like. Like, Saturday mm-hmm. and I just kind of screwing yeah. with everyone. Exactly, um, which is so time caper. It's like, hey, <laughs> stop. I don't want to get into it again. But, yeah, that, that that's where yeah. the, the, the time caper comparison uh, feels very apt to me. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'll go ahead and go because I think I'm going to – I know I'm going to be higher than you. Um, <laughs> I did – I like the art a lot. Sure. Like, like I love the art, and even now looking through it, even some of the nonsense parts, I'm still like, this, this is just beautiful. So I think there were enough interesting bits 
Now, I'm going to be a little generous and give this four out of six claws, but I'm expecting that you will probably go a little below me. Yeah, uh, I think I'll, I'll give it a, a low three, and, and mostly for the <laughs> art, which you mentioned. Right. Like, it, it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, it's, it's hard to uh, get angry at what this art team is doing here. Um, but story-wise, I was just... Just like, how, how, how long before I actually play chess? Are we going to, how many times do I have to set the board before we actually see something well, happen here? At least one more time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd argue, what, two more times? Yeah. Yeah, at least. All right. So, speaking of repeats, uh, let's move into oh, uh, X Men yes. number 14, which, which I didn't realize this till they brought it up. Um, I heard Homo Superior talk about it and they mentioned it again when I was on. So there's actually like just whole reused panels in this book, which I did not yeah. really catch. Um, and I kind of got bored with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so basically X-Men 14, which is written by Jonathan Hickman. We have new art by McMood Osvar and recycled art by Lionel Francis Yu. Colors by Sunny Go, which if anything, that at least gives some consistency. Because um, sure. the color palette is is very much the same all the way through. Oh yeah. Um, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, designed by Tom Mueller, and the cover is by you and Go. It's a pretty great cover, I think. Um, use Apocalypse yes. looks menacing as hell. His sword looks great, and there's like a field of skulls like behind him. I think it's a it's a, it's a great cover. Oh, I love it. I, I think you, I, I've liked him more than than you and Dan have. In terms of uh, his art on the X Men book, and he, he gives it like gritty, like sort of rough edge to a lot of the characters, which really works well with Apocalypse, especially as you mentioned with all the skulls behind him. Um, yeah. I even like that he's in sort of his old his old costume here as well. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. a blending of the old and new here. I, I think this is a, a great cover. Oh yeah, he's even got the little tubes. I just yeah. realized that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And this giant A on his on his belt buckle. Uh-huh. And, yeah, the A on the and neck. Collar. And collar. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't forget who I am. <laughs> oh my gosh, you should totally have a new costume that has the Krakoan name on sure. like six times on his costume. That would be awesome. What um, is what is the line from uh, from Ultimate Avengers? Do, do you think this A stands for France or whatever? <laughs> that, uh, Captain America says. <laughs> Marka. I was so basically we're at the Starlight Citadel picking up from Stasis. Apocalypse is very forlorn. And what's actually a pretty beautiful page um, of him standing under some kind of red tree. I we don't know I don't know what planet this is, so I won't say it's a Japanese cherry blossom or anything, but it just looks it looks amazing. Um and he's re reuniting with Genesis and she says Take a little minute and just sit right there. I'll tell you a little story of how I became the queen of Arico. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she does. She gives a big old history. Some of which is interesting, but a lot of which we already kind of knew um, about how basically she, after the land was split, that she led an army into Arico to try to, I guess, save it, and Apocalypse stayed behind. And then she says, a lot of people were mad that you stayed behind, thought you were a wuss. I said, no, 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 I made him do it. <laughs> He's not a wuss. Um, <laughs> He's just following following my orders. And then turns out that they get there, 
and uh, some stuff happens, and the white blade guy, sorry, the white sword has like an, a recycled army. They like just keeps spawning every time they die, and he helps like fight, and then uh, Genesis sister Iska betrays them and leads the the annihilation army to beat them. Then she meets the 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 wearer of the the helmet, and they have their scarab swords and they fight. And she re- she takes the helmet, which means she leads everyone. But you know, eventually she decides, hey, I kind of like this being annihilation thing because the helmet tells me it's good. And so, even though I'm being sweet with you now, I want you to know I'm gonna use my little magic helmet and I'm gonna win and I'm gonna take. Krakoa and Earth and whatever else I want for my my evil army. Sure. So, sorry, hon. Yeah. It's, I know it's been a couple of thousand years since we've seen you, but, uh, <laughs> but fuck you. I'm not, right. You know. Right. But I, I like the idea of like uh, there's a story and there are two sides of the story. And right. you think you think it happened one way, but it really happened this way. But the reveal, I mean, the, the twist is so obvious from the start, and there's not a whole lot of, of switching on, on perspectives of what really happened. The middle section of this book feels like, yeah, did you just run out of stuff to talk about? Because we had, you know, 10 of these pages uh, like four issues ago. So what's up? Right. Yeah, I, that I kind of was like, oh, when I realized that that's actually what happened. I was kind of like frustrated. <laughs> Like I think the pages look still look amazing. But. Oh yeah, no, I, both guys, you and Azrar, mm-hmm. deliver top notch art, and you know, and I have come around a little bit uh, to Dan's side. I, I think I'm kind of settling into liking Apocalypse, having maybe some motivation, but I don't know. This issue is not. This issue didn't decide that for me. Um, I don't know. Um, I just felt like unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. That, like, no, there's there is something to be told between these two characters, but what they told was nothing new. There was nothing. <laughs> like, if 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 I was Apocalypse and I saw that she had the mask off, I'd be like, oh, well, I know exactly what happened then. You defeated <laughs> the person, got the mask, and then you're here to okay, obviously, right. Uh, there's not nothing. Nothing is learned. Nothing is is gained. There's no like conflict between these characters. And there's no resolution. It's uh, it just feels like uh, we're gonna tell you that story we told you uh, two months ago. Right. So I don't I don't I don't understand why why this was necessary. Yep, I'm with you. Um, gosh, Azrar draws a mean apocalypse. I really like it. Oh. Um, and so does you. Like they're they're, yeah, they're yeah, both in here, like the, the really uh, the close up on Apocalypse's face as he's uh, sort of sorrowful. I think sorrowful is 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 perfect. I, I you know the artwork on both of these first two issues we're talking about are are just gorgeous. Yeah, I just yeah. wish there was more behind them. I agree. So uh, I'm going to do what you did on the previous issue. I'm going to do three out of six just for the art. Uh, yeah, it's so weird to like judge this because <laughs> half of it is from another book, 
right? Yeah. If I judge it on its own, I feel like three out of the six is fine. But just because they reuse the artwork, I feel like I have to, <laughs> I have to knock it down. You got a talking a point? I, I yeah. get that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, because I'm not, I'm not judging. It's, it's not on the artwork. It's on what this book is. And if half the book is something we just saw, it's, I, I can't, I can't endorse that. Right. That's fair. That's fair. And I can probably go with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into some new material. Um, Marauders 14, which is part 13 of 22. Yeah, uh, I just saw that on, on the page that I got myself worried that I had opened the wrong issue. Um, <laughs> 13, 14. Uh, we have writers Jerry Duggan and Benjamin Percy, artists Stefano Caselli, colors by Edgar Delgado, letter of VCs Corey Pettit, a design Tom Muller, with the cover by Russell Darderman. And Matthew Wilson, and oh my goodness, what a cover. This cover is the best thing we'll talk about this whole episode. This, this <laughs> is a, it's amazing. Right? I mean, kind of kind of get tired of saying that about Donovan, <laughs> but it looks so good. Oh, yes. Uh, I think we've had issues with how um, Storm's been colored uh, by when, when Donovan's been, been drawing her, but outside of, of any of that, he's, he's done a spectacular job. Uh, anytime he, he gets the opportunity to draw a storm. And here, uh, the, the charisma and, and feeling between her and death as they are uh, dancing here is like palpable, right? You can feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the, the, the shiny, like, uh, summoning aura of swords and, and symbols behind them. It yeah. just looks sleek and elegant and fantastic. Yep. Nope. This is, uh, this is poster worthy. It's, it's really, really good. Right. So I assume uh, Percy is on this m- more to sort of align how uh, what Wolverine is written and making sure it flows into what Wolverine comes up because it's kind of odd for Duggan and Percy to be uh, writing like co-writing this issue. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, um, does he? Okay. Yeah. All right. And that, but that stays though. And I think. Okay, yeah, sorry. Anyway, go ahead. I just thought that was interesting. Um, so uh, they're at a banquet, and we see stuff about the market where food is being purchased. Wolverine's narrating as he's drinking because he's, like, upset. He's got to go into a battle and might lose some friends. And uh, both sides are sort of um, uh, chit-chatting with each other, uh, mingling here. Uh, they try to... Uh, not death. Who was the one with the flame head? And that is pestilence, right? Is it okay? Or is it Pestil- famine? Maybe. I don't. I don't. I remember war and death. The other two get confused. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> the, the flame-headed uh, uh, horseman here tries to insult Storm, who uh, is not insulted, and sort of flirts with death a little bit. Uh, it, oh. It's kind of interesting here. I'm uh, totally wrong. That is war. I don't remember who War is. I was looking at the title page. So you just know who Death is. That's fine. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you're the same as me. Perfect. <laughs> um, Doug is uh, startled by uh, this is Bay. Uh, Doug's kind of a little pansy here. Um, Logan has a drink with Storm and sort of uh, hints at his plan to kill Saturnine. Uh, they go to get in to have 
a banquet and they're giving more cards and it starts to become like, do we need a card for everything? Do we need a card for like who gets to use the bathroom next? Do we need a card? <laughs> so like parking, like every time they're going to do something has to be with a special card. And a lot of them sort of blow past the cards this time and they go into the banquet hall. Um, people chit chat. Wolverine tells uh, Braddock that he should swallow his pride and just get with Saturnine so that all this will be done with because all she's looking for is some Captain Captain Britain bedtime, and uh, he's unwilling to provide it. Uh, which is, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Brian's an interesting character. He's he's definitely evolved over the years. Right. Uh, then we have a, a few members of the Cohens trying to figure out weaknesses of the other side. They have a little contest with Iska, which is kind of like fun and cute. Uh, here yeah. is the chart to determine which which handed they are and uh, the personality traits. I kind of like those pages. Like this is sort of the build up you need in order to be interested yeah. in playing these characters. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And maybe this is why Iska is kind of interesting to me because we actually got to see a little bit of who she is. Uh, and and death on the other side as well. It's like oh, you get to show him doing stuff. He dances here with Storm under the sea, and and they flirt. It's like oh, okay, like. I start to have some interest in this character. Uh, they go to sit down to eat. Someone goes to poison Wolverine's food, uh, but uh, Wolverine is not paying attention because he's all about stabbing Saturnine and end of issue. Yeah, getting a nice double snick there mm-hmm. um, as he eviscerates Saturnine with her famous last words. Um, so, event aside. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this issue really like necessarily like saves the event, but I think this is a really kick-ass issue. Um, I think the characterization by both writers is spot on. Um, I think everyone's interesting. Uh, Magic, like it's appropriately smart ass, like where she says, "Well, just show me the chair of asses." <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that was funny. Um, I really like Caselli's kind of disheveled drunkenly Wolverine like his hair is Wolverine hair but it's like like someone just gave him a noogie <laughs> almost what it looks like um, Storm looks amazing um, the the double page spread where we go into the banquet hall with the crazy table looks really good um, yeah I just I don't know this issue really worked for me a lot and uh, and we've had chapters kind of like this, right? And obviously Marauders has kind of been our, generally speaking, our favorite book. And I think this one holds true. Um, I don't know. I just, I wish, I wish this was more of what we got. I think we need the backstory of like what happened to the land, but maybe through more of this lens, I would be a lot more into this. Um, because like you said, the interaction with the characters, there's Pog or Pog, like, throwing a whole plate of food into his mouth the magic and Gorgon are like okay we don't need to worry about him <laughs> and then they <laughs> and they do the whole thing with Isco where they, they do the wine and they drop the glass and she has like flash hands and then she does the same thing and magic uses her teleportation and they kind of have a tete-a-tete there is you know the dance everything everything in here just really really works and plus Storm gets a lot to do which I like I like when Storm has stuff to do mm-hmm. um I don't know what I don't really know if I think I know what Wolverine is trying to accomplish necessarily. It's 
And not for a second, I think Saturnine is dead. But other than that, I thought it was a pretty great chapter. What did you think? It's definitely the best chapter we've read in a while. It's hard to remember all of, what, 12 issues before this. Uh, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head with there's a lot of characterization. The the interactions between the characters is fun. I think it might have been nice if there was a bit more mystery up to a point like this where, where the uh, Krakoans aren't really sure why everyone's after them. And if after we get to know the characters more than the, the backstories drop, like, hey, uh, Apocalypse left us uh, to, like, fend for ourselves, and so we're really upset, would make it way... If that was introduced now, then you'd be like, oh, well, now I kind of have sympathy for those characters. Plus, I'm upset at Apocalypse and and, and the characters that we love are in, sort of caught in the middle. And it's hard for them to have like a uh, you can't you can't win for losing sort of situation, I think would be much more dynamic. Uh, that that aside, I think what, what this issue is doing is the best uh, this event has has done so far. And um I don't think the artwork is as spectacular as the previous two issues. Um, it, it, you know, Caselli is not my, my favorite of the artists on here, but I think it, it really shows off, uh, as you mentioned, Wolverine's feelings, uh, Doug's like apprehensiveness, uh, Braddock's pickheadedness. I, I think there's a lot of good art happening here. It's just not quite at the high level that we had for the previous two issues. That's fair. All right. Well, what do you want to give? Um, sorry, Marauders number fourteen. Yeah, I'll give this a four out of six. Okay, I'm going to go five out of six. I really enjoyed it, and I kind of wish that instead of Hickman and Howard being in charge of this event, I wish that Hickman and Dugan were in charge of this event. Right. Well, here's the thing. Like, because <laughs> uh, I have been like really banging the drum that that Howard is the problem here. But after issue uh-huh. fourteen of X Men, I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm not seeing things clearly. How do I know Hickman isn't causing a lot of the problems on this, right. this event? It, it's hard to tell who's really at fault. Uh, I think Duggan um, is a great writer. We've we've all loved Marauders. I think he'd yes. work well with Hickman. Uh, I just I think, don't know if it would be it, it may be better it would definitely be different at least yeah yeah I, I don't know and I, I'm going to echo your sentiment I'm not claiming to have any inside track knowledge no inside baseball um, so I'm just speculating right but right. you know it kind of feels like Hickman's like okay here's the world here's the rules here's right. the outline Howard, you provide the depth and the charm, which I'm not sure she's able to do. But Dugan has that in spades. Yes. And Dugan has, he writes characters that are relatable, that are enjoyable, even when they're bad. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, these, these characters, I want to learn more about these guys. And really sparks an interest in what's going on. Um, to the point that there's several characters in this issue that pre- we'd seen them previously. And I just kind of blew, blew past them. And then mm-hmm. we see them here, and it's like, okay. And there's something, there could be something to these guys. Maybe Gorgon has a role to play in this event. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think he definitely, he brings, he brings a different facet, facet to this issue, a different lens to this event that yes. I really appreciate. Totally. Uh, yeah. He, he's a great writer. Um, uh, as you mentioned, he, he, he brings a spark to this issue that's missing from 
a bunch of the others. I think I would have liked to see him more at the helm, but you know, it's it's. Uh, Not, yeah, I'm, neither I'm, here nor there at this point. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm happy for this issue at least. Like, if you're going to have an event like this, uh, you got to hope for a few bright spots, and and this issue was definitely a bright spot. Yeah. All right. Well, number fifteen, I think, is almost exactly the same. In fact, is there anything different? No, there's not. So exactly the same creative team. Uh, the cover tells you what you already knew, which was that Saturnine is not dead. Now, a little bit different surprise, and what I think the cover tells you is that not only is she not dead, but Wolverine doesn't actually stab her. Um, <laughs> you get that right away because you're like, oh, okay. You look at this cover, which is Saturnine toasting the reader, and then our X-Men foaming it. They have rabies at the dinner table. You're like, oh, okay, this was all a fever dream. And so, it's kind of. <laughs> so we get I, a... I really like this cover because uh, Saturnine has been, at least in the old Excalibur books, is much more of like a buxom person, uh, uh-huh. a little bit more curvy, and showing her is like a, I don't know, bountiful uh, in that way. feels uh, a little bit more... In, in line with what, how we saw her in the late 80s, early 90s. So I right. kind of appreciate Darderman doing that here. Yeah, yeah. It gives her a little more hip than like Will Roz or mm-hmm. draws her a little more um, out of his... I don't, know, I, I don't know what I'm actually trying to say there, so I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so we get a, a, a page of text describing what could possibly happen if Wolverine actually killed Saturnine. And then we get some art pages showing the exact same thing the text just showed us, yep. which is basically that when Saturnine dies, the the tournament of swords falls apart. Um, Ariko says, "Okay, screw you guys." Comes to Earth via Krakoa, takes over everything, kills all the heroes, and everyone's dead except Wolverine, who is on a X crucifix, reminiscent of the old uh, Mark Silvestri cover. And basically, he has to witness everything and, you know, live with his terrible decision because he caused all this with his claws. And then he gets stabbed and we get a snacked as Saturnine has some claws. And she says, see, see, aren't you glad you didn't stab me? And he's like, what? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Doug eats his sushi, which War had poisoned. And he starts to die. Wolverine smells it and is like, Arr! and he gives it like an angry eyeball, like a pirate. And then, um, oh, yeah, his eyes really bug it out. <laughs> yeah. And then, so speaking of Iska kind of being interesting, so she walks up with a knife, you know, like, oh, what's she going to do? And she stabs Doug, and everyone's like, whoa, what the hell? But he's like, I gave him a place to breathe. <laughs> it was, sure. she, in her own uber violent way, she's actually trying to help. And I really, actually, really enjoyed this page. You know, particularly as a Wolverine fan, because he's like, "Well, I could have done that," and and she's like, "Well, then why didn't you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just yeah. thought that yeah. like, "Wow, okay." Um, but then we go back to the table. Uh, the white white sword guy comes in, says everyone's a bunch of cowards, um, and he heals Doug with his televangelist power. Um, Basically puts his hand puts his hands on him, heals him. Doug spits out the poison like venom goo, um, and then another 
panel that I really like is Apocalypse is like, I see you did well with the children. And Genesis is like, I did my best. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't, I, I will say, if anything, it doesn't really necessarily fit with like the dialogue we saw in, in the last issue of X-Men, mm-hmm. but I'd probably prefer it. Um, <laughs> and then we have some more arguing. Um, so I have a question. Um, yeah. When I'm reading this next page where uh, Brian goes to speak to Saturnine, uh, there's like a panel where everyone's talking and then there's a panel where just he and she are talking and everyone else's word balloons are, are blank. Uh-huh. Is that the same in yours? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the idea is that Saturnine, like when she snaps there, she froze everyone but the two of them. Right. But then the next pa- page, Wolverine's like, I heard that. So I was just wondering if that was a continuity error or if it was a printing no, error or I, something. No, I don't think it is. I think that was her unpausing just in time for him to get his little insult in. Almost like a, oh, he's right behind me, isn't he? Kind of moment. Mm. Um, that's how I kind of read it. Um, okay. But then, yeah, then uh, War is like, I'm impressed. And I really like Wolverine's take here. He's like, I just want to get my people home safe. I wasn't trying to destroy the universe. I'm just looking out for my people. Right. <laughs> and then Death gets offended at, at being served a sacred beetle, which, I mean, I get it, right? It's probably like giving, you know, cow to a Hindu or, or ham to a Jewish person. It's like, don't you, you made this menu, you invited all these guests and didn't check to see, like, what their cultural norms were you're just kind of like here's the barbecue everyone enjoy um but then wolverine just eats it <laughs> in this really gross panel of right. like beetle guts like flowing oh yeah, out yeah. so here um, I, I have another question here there, yeah. there are two panels where death sort of um sort of uh face palms almost and then the next panel we're seeing him from behind and he's without the ears it almost looks like he took off a helmet yeah, he took and, off his his dog hat. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure if that had happened or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the face palm, I think, is him like grabbing his helmet. Oh, I I'm really interested about this light because it doesn't look like a tattoo. Now it could just be coloring. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like there's a scare like attached to the base of his skull. Right, right. I'm really curious if that means anything or if it's just like a visual flare. Um, and again. That's this is how you build mystery <laughs> because sure. you're actually well, like interested and like okay what is that as opposed to here's a bunch of riddles and here's what they mean. The other thing is because I had questions because a lot of these uh, Araco mutants are a little bit more physically um, unique than right. than the mutants we've seen so far. I had assumed that perhaps this dog head was just his regular <laughs> head. It? I did too. Yeah, at first. So it, yeah. I just wish this 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 page would have been a little bit more clear. I thought he may have been removing it, or maybe the next page was a, a coloring error. I didn't know what. Right. Or, you know, I just. Uh, uh, either yeah, way, I, I think where I they like could the have mystery. fixed it. Yeah, I agree. I think where they could have fixed it is that that same panel with the scarab on the back of his head. Mm-hmm. I think that's his helmet he's holding, but it's just a black shadow. If they would have shown like the ears, or something in his hand, I think that sure. would help a lot. Um, yeah, he disintegrates a guy by looking at him. That's an interesting power. Yeah. Uh, Brian flirts, doesn't flirt with Saturnine, um, and asks for a fair game. But this is where she really turns the tables um, and pulls the rug out on the whole event, which I kind of like and don't like. But anyway, they eat some unicorn. Everyone scowls at each other. Um, 
this guy eats an eyeball from a milkshake or something. I'm not real sure. Yeah, that was. <laughs> um, and then we find out that the contests are not really going to be sword fights, which I kind of like. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. We don't really find that out in this issue. Sorry, I apologize. I'm getting ahead of myself. We find out what the first match is going to be, and it's Iska versus Captain Britain. Um, and that's all done again by Magic Tarot cards. Um, but yeah, no, I mean overall, I think I this issue is pretty similar to the one before. What do you What do you think overall? Yeah, there's a good bit, uh, sort of a fun, quirky moment where they test Iska to see if she really can lose at anything. And they do, like, pin the tail on the donkey and, like, <laughs> glass stacking stuff. It's yeah. that was fun. I mean, Duggan brings a little bit of humor into all his books, which I like. Um, I'm not really sure how I feel about how Cable's treated in this event. He's sort of, like, he's lost all of his, his like, confidence. And now he's kind of being portrayed as, like, an idiot. It's... Like he's not the smartest kid, but it, it's... is that is that the summer's problem? Like if you're not Cyclops and someone doesn't know what to do with you, they just make you a lovable goofball. But you know, this... Cable in his book isn't isn't quite like this. No. Like he's, no, he's not, not he's not, not the master. But it reminds me but... of people writing havoc recently. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is quite the same heights as the previous book. Uh, I think there's, there's some good moments here. I, I think it's just a little half step behind uh, the previous issue for me. Alright. So you gave the last one a four. four. Are you going to stay at a four, like just a little bit lower, or drop to a three? I'll give it a high three. Um, okay. Yeah. Alright. Well, I'm going to kind of follow suit. Um, I'm going to give it a high four out of six as opposed to my previous five. Um, still really enjoyed it overall. Um, but that's going to take us to, um, well, Excalibur number we'll just, 14. We'll just call it the basement of the Dawn of X since. <laughs> yeah, Excalibur number 14. Let's, let's do this thing. Uh, if we have to. It's gonna um, burn. I'm, it's gonna let everyone. Know, it's gonna burn up on my goodwill. This Marauders issue <laughs> is like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of back okay on board, but yeah. Anyway, Excalibur happens. Yes, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Excalibur happens. Um, you can hear me, yeah. 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 I got you still. Cool. Uh, we have writer Timmy Howard, artist Phil Noto, who uh, sort of continuing on the theme of. Strange storybooks, but superb art. Mm-hmm. Uh, letter VCs Ariana Mayer, designed Tom Muller, with the covers by Mahmoud Azarar and Matthew Wilson. And uh, we've got uh, Doug holding a, a sword with Apocalypse and Betsy and Ileana behind him. He looks like nervous of, of the fight uh, that he has to take, and the shadow of his opponent is uh, before him. Um, I think it, it feels very Azrar. I, I think he's great with facial expressions here, and you see how like worried even Apocalypse is for Doug. Everyone yeah. sort of treats him as the younger younger brother, so I kind of like that of, of the cover. I think the cover's actually pretty great. Um, I'm not sure it really reflects the covers. I'm not the guy that says covers have to reflect the story. It's mm-hmm. not that. Um, I don't know if it really reflects the tone of the story either, though. Um, no, but, no. But, I, but this looks like a great issue. 
It looks like a great issue of, of Doug <laughs> having to fight where he's not comfortable. Magic, like, standing back in trepidation, like, I tried to train him, but I don't know. And then Captain Britain and Apocalypse both, like, like it's, it's great because uh, Betsy, Captain Britain, looks like she's encouraging. And Apocalypse mm-hmm. looks like he's apologizing. Like, I'm sorry yeah. you're about to die. Right. Exactly. Nothing, I, nothing I could do. <laughs> and that all that sounds like a great issue, but because because we've had a what is it thirteen issues, fourteen issues so far of them getting these swords and preparing oh, for battle, gosh. so obviously we'd have a lot of sword fights happening next, uh-huh. right? I mean that's right. that. Uh, well, we start off with Jubilee with um, her son who's still a dragon, and for some reason no one has told her about this tournament happening. <laughs> She's just been chilling in the other world under a tree. And I'm like, um, you're writing this whole event. This is your your Tini Howard's flagship book, and uh-huh. you thought it was a good idea not to let anyone on the team you're writing know that anything's happening. They're in other world, and they don't know what's going on. Like this felt like something. I don't. I don't think Betsy would suddenly be like, oh, by the way, I'm having a, 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 a duel to the death right now. Be careful. It feels so stupid. Like, you ever watch a horror movie and, like, people go hide in dumb places? This feels like a character purposely doing a dumb thing so that there can be something to happen in the story, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Uh, So uh, she's like, oh, I got to go help. Um, And uh, the tournament's about to begin. Betsy and Iska are sort of preparing in a tent beforehand, uh, sort of not trading barbs back and forth, but uh, talking here and we get more characterization of Iska, who's like, yeah, you almost like encouraging Betsy to do her best, which was, uh-huh. uh, it's almost like endearing. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. All right. So let's pause here for a second. Sorry. I don't want to get you off track, but, um, oh, good. so we know that some of these Rocco characters are going to come to Krakoa after the event. I feel like Iska is a strong candidate to kind of stay in the X-Men story when this is all over. Mm-hmm. And Phil Noto drawing her, like, I want her to like move into the cable book. Like, oh, yeah. Which like, fit perfect. He looks, she looks amazing. Like, she's looked good previously. But Noto is like, okay, I'm going to draw the best version of this character ever possible, and good luck to the rest of you. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm not disagreeing. Not at yeah, all. Yeah, but no, uh, definitely build some 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 character into her and some um, engagement with that character that maybe I wish we saw from some more of the the guys. But anyway, go. Ahead. Uh, we go to have what looks like a traditional medieval like uh, tournament with um, uh, Betsy's older brother overseeing the <laughs> the slaughter here. Um, yeah, I, I love I love how Nutter draws uh, Wolverine with the. I'm not I'm usually not a fan of the small uh, wings on the face mask, but I think the Nutter does it really well with Wolverine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're cheering. Uh, they, you know, both sides are cheering for their uh, gladiator to win here, and we have Nutter doing like very standard, which uh, standard for Nutter just means superb. Uh, you know, fight scenes, some posing here. Uh, Betsy sort of bloodies Iska's nose a little bit. Uh, they they barely start to fight. Iska swings her sword; it shatters this this like amazing sword that works so hard to get to into pieces, and then Betsy falls to pieces. Um, Literally. And, 
Yeah, Lillary falls to pieces. I mean, Nosha does a great job of... of, of oh, it's a great panel. Like, yeah, yeah, she's glass shattering, almost like stained glass shattering here. People can't believe what's happened. And um, and Sevian's like, well, I guess the point goes to Iska. Now, I want I want to point out that the previous issue, uh, Sevian was like, this is a fight to the death. She literally says, to the death. And here, Betsy loses, and... Uh, looks like she dies and so Saturn gives the point to Iska which will be important when we get to a Wolverine fight later on um, uh-huh. next next uh, Saturn's like alright uh, the next battle we've got uh, Bay versus Doug and she doesn't really say what's going to happen but they just get carried off and no one really knows what's going on so we, we start off with like alright we're going to have a bunch of battles in this arena and we get one and then they're like oh uh, looks like uh, they're dressing Doug up for like a sacrifice, and we yeah. get some fun panels of of Ilyana and Doug here. I mean, the color work with, with Noto is just superb as well. I, I love how he does hair uh, with everybody. Yeah. Um, but instead of being sacrificed, well, I guess he kind of is. He's getting married. But um, um, heyo, He's getting married to Bay, and for some reason now, uh, Doug can't use his powers. For just because Saturnine decided, wouldn't that be fun? No, um, I don't think that's it, though. I think it's that her base powers supersede his powers. Everyone else can understand him, understand her. So oh, it's, can they? Yeah. He even asks, he's like, hey, do you guys understand? And Apocalypse is like, yep, I understand. These are oh, good powers. Oh, that's right. Okay. So right. I don't... It's just weird. It's uh, well, like... Uh, I just want to make a note of that for, for later. Right. Uh, it looks, Bay is like a foot and a half taller than Doug. It, it's kind <laughs> of cute. Um, and Wolverine's like, <laughs> he says as they're about to get married, this is hell next to a quick death. And Gorgon laughs. <laughs> it's quite yeah. funny. Um, they're about to get married. Uh, Bay brings down her helmet and she's uh, beautiful and Doug is um, enraptured. Uh, and then Jubilee comes in to attack with her dragon son because I guess we needed some sort of thing to happen here. Uh, uh, Doug and, and Bay kiss. Looks like the dragon's going to flame everybody, but Sandine's like, no worry, I'll, I'll keep your pet dragon. Someone rescues Jubilee, I guess. Uh, 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 Storm does. Um, and then at the end, uh, Doug and Bay are like, hey, we're married now. And they, they gaze at each other in love. Uh, the end. Yeah, and they they tie, they tie the knot, and they tie in the score. Yeah, they each get a point, because uh, I guess they each won. Um, it, it it feels like, and we'll get into this later, that Seven is just like picking on the mutants for I don't know reasons, just to be right. a, a dick. Um, right. Uh, look, uh, I'm I'm cool with like if we're going to go with we're having a bunch of different challenges. But don't like build up this sword battle like it's going to be the coolest, you know, epic fight scene we're ever going to have. And then from this point onward, sort of like not really use the swords. It, it's really frustrating for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny because you were the guy that was like, I don't want issues of sword fights. But <laughs> Oh, no, like, but, hey, if I want yeah. an event, I don't want an event that's just like, hey, here's some sword fights. But if you right. build up yeah. 15 issues and then be like, hey, guess what? No sword fights. Why are we the, building up? Yeah, there are parts I like and parts I don't. Um, the idea, 
So at first I was kind of like, okay, well that's cool because Saturnine's just just screwing with them, and you know she can just kind of do willy nilly what she wants. But then, so I like the idea that she like changes the rules, changes the challenge. That's all fun and makes sense, and even kind of fits her character. But then it's like, well, but then. Are there any real stakes? Uh-huh. Like, is there any real chance of Ariko winning? Or is this tournament her way of controlling? Because she knows that if it was just armies versus armies, she would lose. So she made up this game that sounded like it was fair, but it's really not fair. Uh-huh. That's how she controls the, her own salvation, I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, that part's kind of interesting. Um I, I think to me the one of the biggest problems with this issue is it feels like a complete tonal shift. Super. Like everything's been even the Marauders issues which were fun and charming were still pretty serious as far mm-hmm. as like the mm-hmm. plot mm-hmm. And, and the stakes and what's going on. Like I literally, especially the part I mean it, it they they calm down a little bit after Betsy shatters but like, like the X Men originally, like that first scene of them in the stands, like uh-huh. you almost hear the laugh track. Right. Right. It's like, oh, here's the little sitcom scene, and I was like, oh, it's all have a sword fight. <laughs> and just, I don't know. Like she's got this in the bag. It's gonna require more cleverness. Um, and, and Wolverine's like, yeah, yeah, just holler for your lady. I was like, that's not Wolverine. Who the hell said that? <laughs> Alright. I mean we we've had issues with Howard having different character voices. We've had uh-huh. issues with yeah. like strange tonal shifts in the previous Excalibur books. Like this this just feels like continuing on with the reasoning why we're not reading at least why Dan and I are not reading Excalibur outside of this event. Right. Yeah, totally makes sense. Cause it and just... Betsy gets killed, quote unquote, and then they're like, Well, I guess Doug's getting married. Let's have some jokes about that. Right, right, yeah, let's just, you know, everything's fun, you know, even though we know that, you know, Bessie just died, and allegedly we can't resurrect her, because right. she'll come back as something weird. So, I guess, you know, if there's one interesting part about this, what, what do you think is going to happen? What's your prediction What's your prediction for Betsy? Um, I have a feeling that uh, just thinking how dumb events can be, that this is going to end up being a tie and that um, I think everyone who quote unquote died is going to come back, and then then we're going to have like the final issue will be a giant sword fight. Oh uh, gosh! And that's just me being like, events are stupid. How would they make <laughs> like everything up to this point has been pointless? How could they make the remainder of it pointless and then have a big battle at the end? And because that's how events generally go, right? So, yeah, so it's not even judging by who the art or the the writers are. It's just what what do events do? This, all right, I think this will happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't really know how to respond to that. That makes total sense, though. Um, <laughs> well, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I don't know. I thought maybe that Saturnine would somehow like intervene. In her particular resurrection to try to get the Captain Britain she's been warning this whole time. Okay. Um, with maybe like a 
instead of her being resurrected, it's like an amalgam of, of multiple Betsy's that Sarah Nine will actually create like several different Betsy's. Um mm-hmm. and and kind of reestablish her Captain Britain core or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then try to put Brian back in charge because she's oddly misogynistic for a female character. Um, yeah. She's <laughs> she's gonna take each little piece of glass and create another Captain See, Britain from. Well, that's why I'm wondering, those. right? Right? Like, are the shards somehow playing into this multiversal thing? Um, and I don't know. Yeah, that could be okay. it, it feels like she's purposely picking on the mutants, and so her like. The sword shattering suddenly for no reason, and then Betsy shattering just feels like foul play to me. Oh yeah, for sure. And because that was the sword from her thing, mm-hmm, and that's the mm-hmm. Starlight Citadel sword, which should be like this amazing, awesome sword. And yes, it's because unbeaten, she can't lose. Uh, oh, was it this issue or earlier? Or I think it was one of the Marauders issues where they said, "I do like to see her fight Domino." <laughs> oh yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty interesting. Um. I think the only other thing I wanted to highlight is when we get the scene of the altar and Cable standing there with this big shit-eating grin with two thumbs up. Like, hey, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's easy to miss, but I really loved it. Um, no, that's good. That feels in line with how he's enjoying Cable in, in the, the book, the Cable book. Yeah, right, right. Just to kind of, hey. Thank you. Um, yeah, you get the jackpot, buddy. <laughs> right. So... So, yeah, beautiful art. A couple of decent moments, but this book just feels so off, even from the other parts of the event. I think that's what's frustrating to me the most about Howard is not that she's a terrible writer. Just none of the dots ever really feel connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I guess in essence, that guy, (laughs) maybe she is coming to work. Like, issue by issue, it's not like, oh, this is bad writing. It just it just feels so cut off from everything. Yeah, very disjointed. And it's a little, I think it's even worse because it's a little late in the issue, or sorry, a little late in the event to have an issue that sticks out like such a bad sore thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really egregious back from the back of those two Marauders issues, which were pretty great. So. Oh yeah, it stands out. Like pretty pretty badly after those yeah, previous two it, issues. Like a zit, like a big yeah. zit. They just want to pop and wipe off the mirror. Um. <laughs> she All right. it and then she like smeared the, the the pus on a mirror and a strange symbol that's supposed to be a mystery, and we'll right. figure it out next time. <laughs> yeah. But the mystery is she's just going to take like a washcloth and wipe it off, and, and it's right. not going to mean anything. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel a little blasphemous saying this. Oh, I think we're going to be in, in uh, agreement here. Because I I can't believe that I could rate a Noto book this low. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm going to have to do two out of six claws. I think that's the most generous I can be. Totally. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, Noto is... I, Phil Noto is great. He has a panel or two every issue that is a little bit wonky. Uh, but outside of that, I mean... As I mentioned, his, his coloring is great. I love the, the, the thick outlines. I love how he does Ilyana, the shading green on cable, like how how expressive all the faces are. Like right before Betsy goes to fight, she has like a really like forlorn slash concerned expression. He, yeah. he just knocks it out of the park. It's just what he has to work with is a bunch of junk. <laughs> right. You, you, ever, you ever hear like old people when they're uh, – 
really upset with someone, like they don't want to swear, they're like, yeah, he's a bum. Ah, what a bum. (laughs) If I was an old guy reading this, like, ah, this writer's a bum. That's what I would say. You so remind me of my grandpa. Oh, my gosh. Right? He he said that all the time. A bum. Uh, You know, he was a a huge, huge uh, University of Texas fan. And growing Mm -hmm. up, always watched games with them. And any time we, like, made a boneheaded play, he was like, that coach is a bum. You got to fire that bum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rile it up. Uh, I love it because, you know, he wants to say a different word, but like that right? covers all like could be means so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, the last thing we're going to talk about tonight is Wolverine number seven. Fitting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll end on, on Wolverine. So. This is uh, written by Benjamin Person and Gary Diggin. Sorry. Yeah, Gary Diggin. You know, someone actually like tweeted, or I think he may have tweeted, like, this is how you say my name, and I meant to remember it, and I still don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> art by Joshua Kassara. Uh, colors by Guru Effects. Uh, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Mm-hmm. And Tom Mueller does design, and then Adam Kubert and Frank Martin do the cover. And we're continuing our theme of a uh, mutant pincushion wolverine. Um, mm-hmm. He's either diving or falling at the reader, and he's just full of swords. And then there's a cool like X behind him, and then the background is all blue. Um, I I think it's a pretty good cover. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's appropriate. Uh, I really actually really like this cover. Uh, I know that they really are going hardcore with the pincushion Wolverine with a number of issues here, but <laughs> right. I mean, if, if it's working, uh, make it work, and they do here. Very good. All right, so where we we go to the Holy Republic of Fae, where magic goes, and it's upside down land. I do kind of like that she likes somersaults to like being able to stand on the ground. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Um. And then she fights Pogger Pog, and they're they're both ready. They're drawing their swords and ready to go. And then Saturnine pops in and says, "Wait a second, Zoinks!" and grabs her swords out of their hands. Who told you this was going to be a sword fighting issue? Right. This is a contest of arms. Get it? You're going to go over the top and arm wrestle each other. Oh, it wouldn't have been great if Ileana pulled out a trucker head and turned it backwards. Right. That would have been awesome. Anyway, obviously the giant alligator creature with arms to rival the things of like purple rock uh, destroys magic in a arm wrestling match, and that makes Arako three, Krakoa one. Mm-hmm. That was all really kind of the before credit scene. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And then um, we go to Blightspoke, which is the the dimension where dimensions go to die. Um, I gotta say, this starts getting visually interesting, I think. Um, and maybe someone should tell Percy, who's writing this issue, that he has an artist that's very strong at drawing weird stuff, and maybe not as good at drawing horror stuff, and maybe we should change the tone, anyway, of X-Force. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they, they go to this like barren wasteland and, of a dimension that looks like it's out of Doctor Strange. And Wolverine's got his sword, his uh his blade, the mirror musa, 
and he is he's looking for his opponent and he's like whoa this is weird then the store the the sand starts uh, swallowing him and we see summoner's hand reach up and grab him and um i i really like that the kind of as my own point of view wolverine's like all right this is bullshit what's going on (laughs) this isn't what we signed up for i don't understand um and then we get to this interesting page of like the reality shattering and it's really cool because in all these little panels you see the fights but then they start kind of sifting through saturnine's like spacescape a really cool almost animated style uh panel at the bottom of that page yeah, we've got almost like different four different art styles happening on the, on this page here, yeah. which really shows the versatility of, of the art. Because especially, I especially love the bottom. It, it feels very like, um, oh boy, what were those giant uh, X Men books we read? Uh, Grand Design, yeah, yeah. with Ed Piskarisk for sure. Definitely, and I think it looks looks gorgeous. Yeah, I agree. It looks fantastic. And then the next page is kind of some of the some more of the same. We have. A full page splash of like different dimensions. And here, instead of every scene being a fight, it's actually different versions of the characters. Um, we get like an actual Wolverine fighting like a cobra, which right. is cool. We get one where they're merged together. Um, then we get one where like they're, they're like werewolves and vampires. We get a Minecraft panel, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. um, we get a Tron ish panel. Then almost like we're a Sinkavich like cave painting. Mm-hmm. Um, we get one where they're like fighting inside marbles. We get one where they're actual chess pieces on a chessboard. We get some shrooms. I this page is gorgeous. Like if anything, this book kind of annoyed me because this, the whole time we've been reading however many issues of X Force, I've been like, eh, Kassar is okay, but I don't really like his art. And then he had. Uh, a short in that Wolverine black, white, and blood. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, his black and white stuff's all right. Right. And then right. this comes in and it's amazing. And it's like, okay, they're not using him right. <laughs> like, right. Like, he's actually a good artist. But then, all right. So anyway, more to the to the plot. Um, Wolverine shicks his blade through the summoner's head, right through his eyeball, and he's like, all right, I won. And then Saturnine's like, no, we fight to the death, and Summoner died, so he gets the point, Arico 4, Krakoa 1. Right. Wolverine's like, what? And then she zaps him to like an old like Victorian bar. Which but remember, I, also when Betsy won, their fight was to the death, or Betsy lost, their fight was to the death. And when Betsy died, she gave the point to Arako. So uh-huh. she's just sort of giving points to... Like she has a, it's like that old like, uh, like card trick where you say like pick this or that, and depending on which one they pick, you use the the other pile. This is like she's sort of rigging the result however she wants it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know. But it's weird because she seems, she seems I, like she's trying to give Arika like false confidence because she wants them to lose, right? I don't know if she, if, if she <laughs> either. I think she has something else planned entirely. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So, anyway, uh, life goal is to someday have a bookcase that requires a ladder. Um, <laughs> and that's what we And then fill it with, with drinks? Either one. Books, drinks, both. Records. <laughs> um, whatever. Take your pick. 
So then Wolverine gets zapped to this bar where, he's, where him and Storm have to have a drinking contest, which is actually kind of fun. Um, and, you know, of course, they've been involved before. So as they continue to get drunk, um, they kind of start leaning into each other. And it's interesting because Wolverine's like, wait a second, I shouldn't be drunk. This is some nasty, nasty alcohol we have here. But he wonders maybe his healing factor is wrong. But then we find out, um, because Solemn is supposed to fight death. But then also death gives uh, this Jasper's guy a beetle. Um, I don't really know. Oh, so the drinking game, I guess, is a tie. So it's Arako 4, Krakoa 2. So somehow... No, I don't actually, I don't even know. So before it was Arco four, Krakoa one. Yes, and you're I, right. After the drinks, I mean they're both Krakoa inside. Yeah, it's so just both... get a wash. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um and I apologize. I got ahead. So death is not fighting Solemn. War is fighting Solemn. And Solemn calls on his deal. Remember when Wolverine and Solemn were in hell? Mm-hmm. Solemn gave him a sword for a deal, and his deal is you're gonna fight for me. And so Solomon's like, skadoosh! And he pulls Wolverine in. Wolverine gets zapped mid-drink. He's about to kiss Storm, get lucky. And Storm literally kisses like a, a blink. Um, and by the way, before he skadooshes, War, uh, Solomon's like, hey, remember how I killed your husband? Well, Wolverine killed your son. And so and then that part was kind of interesting. It gave, sure. some, gave some pathos to War, like just being super pissed. And so she's going to fight Wolverine. And they fight with her flaming sword. She cuts Wolverine a bunch. And she's going to behead him. But alas, adamantium neck bone. She can't do it. And the battle is whoever loses the first limb. So we get a nice snicked. Wolverine cuts off War's hand. Uh, Empire Strikes Back style. And then... Saturnine shows up on Shogo and declares that Solemn gets the point because he arranged the match or something. Yeah, he's fighting in place of Solemn, so... Uh, oh, right, right, right. So, right. so Solemn gets Wolverine's point. Arako 5, Krakoa 2, and that's the end. Yep. So, alright, here's the deal. I, I, You may disagree, and, and I was totally welcome. Um, if we're going to have a story where the rules change and a shit just kind of gets crazy and whatever, this works a hundred times better than the Excalibur issue did on, on making that happen. I actually was kind of okay with this one. Um, so, but I'll let you kind of, kind of go through what your thoughts of it. Oh, in terms of, if that's the theme, I think this book works a lot more. Um, it was like the twisty tourney. Oh, you thought you won, but you really didn't because this is the rule. This is the rule sort of Alice in Wonderland topsy turviness. Sure, this works way better than the Excalibur book does. However, it, it doesn't alter that the, the buildup of everything before this. <laughs> um, and, and just sort of like, well, now we're going to be dumb to be dumb for dumb reasons, like just, just, just because. It just doesn't sit well with me as someone who's like, all right, this is the structure you're building the story around. Oh, wait, now you're not. It feels like lying to the, the audience a bit. <laughs> okay. Um, and 
like I think you can do that appropriately, but here it just feels like, well, randomly, uh, I'm just going to start poking in the eye like a Three Stooges <laughs> villain here, like just because. Right. Uh, I I don't I don't I don't think it works better than Excalibur, but in in how it fits in with the event as a whole, I just feel like why why this is a big like sudden you know ninety degree turn into something different, and I don't I don't know how. I mean, I wasn't enjoying the event to begin with, but like, if this is the direction you're, you're leading me, and suddenly shift, if there's no, there's no, um, like foreshadowing before it or anything, there's no like, you know, Saturday panels of her like plotting, like I've got this other thing coming up, and I'm gonna, they're not gonna see what's coming. Suddenly, it just shifts because she wants the score to go a certain way. It feels very, it just feels like unearned. Uh, more than anything, but on on its own, I think is like a trippy, otherworldly like story. I think this works better than what uh, Excalibur does. Totally, totally. I, I'd I love, love to hear why, your thoughts, though. Yeah, I thought the art was really good. Um, I I didn't know Kasara had this in him, to be honest. Um, I really hope that Percy, when we get back to X Force after this event. Let's him draw some more weird stuff like this. Um, I think it's in his. It seems to be in his wheelhouse. So, play to your artist strength. Um, I think. I think Dugan's hand in this book is evident a little bit as well. Um, sure. Just in some of the characterization. You know, I think. I think where this worked for me better, maybe, than than what you got have is I felt. Whereas Excalibur felt like, okay, we're going to change the rules, and it is really dumb. I felt like this was done, this was handled a little more cleverly. Like, Saturnine actually feels sure. like a sure. menacing, like, manipulative yeah. so-and-so that actually has maybe some reasons for what she's doing, and it's a mystery. Again, Dugan, I think, to me, even in this chapter raises compelling questions that actually make me interested in the story versus just rolling my eyes and saying, why did I read that? Um, sure. And so, yeah, I, I, to me, it worked a lot better. And gosh, man, if and this event was more of like Hickman giving us the backstory and then Percy and Dugan riding Marauders and Wolverine and just ignoring some of the other books, I'd be enjoying this event a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to go as high as to give this a uh, uh, five out of six claws for Wolverine number seven. Oh boy, I'm, I'm conflicted. I, I I do you know colors. I don't know if the colors super work with Percy here. Uh, I don't know he's doing both. I, I I feel like maybe slightly. It still feels kind of colored pencil-y sort of uh, flow to the to the color work yeah, here. And I, right. I don't but know if it really brighter. works. For, it's cleaner, I thought. Oh, yes. Because yeah. X-Force Brighter, is so cleaner. dark and dull yeah. and muddy. Yep, X-Force yeah. is very muddy, and this is not. And it definitely looks better. I just feel like uh, he could, if he could up it even even a little bit cleaner, you might be uh, really elevate all of his artwork. But I, I love the trippiness of it. Um, I love the 70s album cover <laughs> panels we get. Um, awesome. I, I, I think you're right. Seven is more of like a... Uh, a mustache twirling sort of evil plotting villain here. Uh, I think it would make sense if they'd shown her plotting more in other books. Right. Um, it's, it's just so hard to rate these books outside of the event as a whole. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
I, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'll give this one a three. Okay. Hold on. Oh, go, go with your gut. Yeah. Go I think I'll give it like a high three. Like I, I enjoyed it more than a lot of the others, but I just, just where it sits, it's so hard for me to like pull it out from the full structure of the the event and judge it on its own because this right. one feels more than others really like this is the, where the actual quote unquote challenges are happening so it's very tied into what's going on beforehand and right. it, it feels a little bit out of place even if it is done better than how Excalibur was done fair enough sounds good um yay we actually got through all that this? I wouldn't be surprised if Psalm sticks around. Yeah. Oh, so let's let's play that game real fast. Maybe go back to your stasis cover if you have it handy. Who do you think will will be around after this event? From the Arico side. Right. Let me get the to the right page here. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think Iska may be around. I think I think um Percy has plans for Solemn. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Genesis sticks around. You think uh, so? Okay. Um, I think her I, death may send Apocalypse back to the bad side. Could. I, I think Bay may stick around, and uh, the Sword of Light might stick around. Okay. I think Pog or Pog seems to be a fan favorite, so he might. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in Red... I actually find Red Root one of the more compelling of the characters as far as what we saw in stasis. So see what happens. I kind of hope mm-hmm. Summoner is done. Yeah, I me kinda... too. Totally. And as intrigued as I was by death, I think there's something about death dying that could actually make the story do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there are theories that Storm's going to take over as, as death. I, I heard that and why I'm always in favor a storm not being a background character. I'm not sure if that's what I'm pulling for. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I might be in the, the next bad guy, but um, right. yeah, no, we'll see. Um, I think war, war's probably done for, but I could be wrong. Um, hell, maybe all these guys will be around. I don't know. But anyway, so that's, uh, that's S words through, Gosh, two thirds at least. What's that? Sixteen. Six, six out of twenty-two left. That's more like three quarters. We're almost three fourths of the way through this. So, mm-hmm. a few more weeks, um, and we'll two weeks. Two weeks. They're doing six chapters in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Well, then I guess the next time we meet will be to discuss the end of this bad boy. I think so. Uh, yeah. Oh, is that going to be like Thanksgiving week? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll have to see if we can uh, finagle everyone's schedule there. But um, anyway, enough of that. Georgie, thanks so much for coming on. Um, anything else you wanted to, to mention? Any overall thoughts? Oh, no, I just love love having the opportunity to come on and talk comics with you, Jason. Um, I hope everyone out, out there is staying safe. And uh, just, uh, you know, I hope you have a nice Thanksgiving. Please uh, please be careful. Don't go to any gatherings uh, if people haven't been tested. And uh, just uh, 
sounds corny thoughts thoughts and prayers and and i hope you guys are doing all right yeah very much so so uh george you want you uh why don't you pimp out excalibur oh, sure. as well yeah. uh you can find us uh on twitter excalibur's one um or uh just look for us on google or any uh podcast catcher we'll, we'll show up we we cover a lot of these old uh, b-list books and uh, we'll have another episode out hopefully uh next week uh with dan my co-host so uh, please look out for us, and I'm sure Dan will love to come on and talk about the end of this event with us. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like he's uh, his um, is uh, <laughs> Dan. I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. I kind of feel like any excuse will do to not oh, talk about these for him. Strategic um, retreat, for sure, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but that's all fine. I I I actually do kind of look forward to getting past this and talking about our yes. normal yeah. X stories with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, for the podcast that goes snicked, uh, Twitter is at snickcast. You may like the Facebook page. Um, and echoing what Georgie said, please everyone, I, I know, you know, there's there's a need and, and, a, and a healthy, appropriate need to be around family. Just just do it safely over yeah. the holiday. Um, and everyone just kind of be be smart and be well. Um, and don't don't. Don't look at wanting to be around family as putting someone you love at risk. Uh, so right, just, yeah. Just use your heads, uh, be be smart and, and compassionate, and yeah, won't won't meet a dead horse. Georgie said it better than I did, but um, just hope all you guys are well. And again, happy birthday, Dan. Miss you. We'll talk to you again soon, and I think that's it. So until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And snacked.